the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite, i.e. radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, and I'm joined by my co-host Don Dix, the chapter leader of Act for America in Corona. And, you know, what the heck do we have to talk about this week, Don? The Trump dividend, Greg. It keeps paying off. In, 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 in all sorts of ways, you know, obviously national security, but... Also now in the uh, entertainment industry, apparently, in the sports industry. And just one little thing. On, on Thursday morning, they announced that the U.S. had withdrawn from UNESCO, which is a particularly leftist, anti-American, anti-Israeli branch of the already anti-American, leftist, anti-Israeli United Nations. Just a little thing, but... Yep. Which right, just, just another small dividend. The protective coating that has been covering the left and the uh, various viruses that they've inserted all throughout our culture is starting to get peeled back. I mean, it it it, it just and and in many cases they're doing it to themselves, which is great. So you know this this we have three and a half roughly more years of this, hopefully seven and a half more years, uh, and what is the world going to look like? In three years, it's just the mind can't even conceive. That's true. Um, coming more and more locally here, uh, we have a we have a great guest on the line, Katie Grimes. She's a reporter with the FlashReport.org in California, and with the, she's written for the Sacramento Union, the Washington Examiner, the San Francisco Examiner, the Business Journal, and a whole bunch of other places. She's a frequent radio guest, but she did tell us in show prep that she likes our show the best of any of the shows that she does. She had no choice. We were holding her dog hostage. <laughs> <laughs> well, and welcome to the show, Katie. And what, the, what prompted me to reach out to you and, and uh, invite you was an article you wrote just yesterday, and you were another one great one today we'll talk about, was Jerry Brown's California, Devastation, Plunder, Economic Failure. Yet, he's, well, yet, yet, yet his approval rating is what, 60-something percent? Well, do you really believe that? <laughs> I don't. Um, you know, Jerry has turned into weird Uncle Fester. And, <laughs> True. Yeah, I don't. I yeah, I don't. I don't think uh, this, this cartoon character is doing much for our state anymore. And and um, you know, I, I go through the the whys and the wherefores in this article, and um, and and actually also cover this in my new book, um, California's War Against Donald Trump: Who Wins, Who Loses. Um, Jerry has made a mess. Of California, he started it in his first two terms, 1975 to 1983, and I think he came back to finish us off. Um, you know, we've got the highest taxes in the nation in this state, some of the worst regulations, the poor, just poorly performing schools that used to once be great, um, <clears throat> a billion-dollar budget deficit. Our state pension system is underfunded by a trillion dollars, and that is trillion with a T. And we've got violent crime on the rise. Um, I don't think that's much of a legacy. And yet all Governor Brown ever talks about is 
climate change, the Paris Climate Treaty, and <clears throat> he jets all over the world as though he's the shadow president. And California's energy prices, it has a third of yep. the welfare recipients in the entire country with only 12% of the population. The water, yep. I mean, we, we've passed $22 billion of water bonds in the last 15 or so years. Got, do we have any more water out of it? Yeah, I mean, you, no. you, 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 you cite the record, and many people have cited this dismal record of Democrat governance, but the voters keep reelecting them. You know, I think it's an example also in this state of, of such lousy representation. The, the, um, the dense urban areas are where all of the representation is in California. And, you know, up in the most northern part of the state, I think it's something like 12 counties share one senator and their voices are not heard. And I think that's part of the why the, um, the, the people keep electing Democrats. And frankly, there's a massive amount of voter fraud also taking place in those dense urban areas. Very true. Um, and I, don't, you, I, don't, yeah. I, I don't think Jerry Brown could have done all this by himself. I mean, yes, he's sort of the he carries the banner right now oh, yeah. as governor. But in all of our various institutions throughout California, we see examples of how corrupt, how Far the progressive movement has moved them to the left to the point yeah. to where professors and educators are openly Marxist, communist, socialist now. Um, he, he couldn't have done it. And I think that at the core of all this, until we identify what the source is, I personally believe it's the education system and we begin to address that and fix that. I think we're all we're going to be doing is continually addressing the symptoms and never curing the disease. That's just yeah. my two cents to yeah. contribute to the well, conversation. I, yeah, I agree with you. And remember, the left deliberately and, and systematically and patiently went after the education system and the media. And when they had those two locked down is when all of this really started getting bad, uh, and particularly in Cali California with not just media, but we've got Hollywood located here. So it's kind of a double whammy on us. You're right. Jerry couldn't have done this alone. But it's Jerry's policies and the bill signing that he does yes. or the vetoes that he does. He does have you're absolutely right. He does have the veto authority and he's all too happy to sign uh, yeah. these laws into place that criminalize people who use the wrong pronouns <laughs> in old age homes, but yet decriminalize people who knowingly allow their body fluids to seep into society who are HIV positive. That's not a exactly. crime, but no. but yet using the wrong pronouns is punishable uh, as a crime now. It's crazy. That's the thought police at, in in uh, in action, and and the very very bizarre San Francisco homosexual agenda. Um, that bill was pushed by San Francisco Senator um, Scott Weiner who is one of the most radicalized San Francisco supervisors to ever <laughs> I want a name. Okay. Okay. okay, just Dan, would you do me a favor and just bleep the next two minutes of this conversation because it can only go in one direction from here. I mean, I'm just introducing himself as sexual harassment. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, boy. It gets, it gets worse, too, because I've seen photos of him on, uh, on the, the Folsom Street Fair dressed in his uh, leather. Good God. Not pretty. No. Yeah. Oh, God, please. Mm -hmm. No. 
All right. Well, we need to take with that. We're going to take a break. We're going to decompress for a moment so that we can get back to with, with that image firmly <laughs> in everyone's mind. <laughs> We're going to break so our sponsors can uh, interrupt the flow and uh, we can hear from them and thank them for allowing us to be on the air. And we'll be right back with our guest, Katie Grimes, investigative reporter whose work is featured on Flash Report and now Political Vanguard. After this word from Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation, the place to go for your real estate lending needs, both residential and commercial. Back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation and host of the main event, which airs every weekend here on AM 590 The Answer. I'm proud to be a part of the effort to make America great again, not just by supporting this station and conservative movement, but also by helping people achieve the American dream of homeownership. Whether you're looking to achieve that dream and you need financing, or you already own a home and you're considering refinancing your mortgage in order to lower your payment, shorten your term, or pay off high-interest debt, or if you're over 62 and want to look into that great financing tool known as a reverse mortgage, call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, toll-free day or night, 855-640-2020. I'll give you all your options, answer all your questions, and walk you through the process. And don't forget to listen to my show, The Main Event, Saturdays at 9.30 a.m. and 9 o'clock p.m., Sundays at 8 a.m., right here on AM 590, The Answer. Licensed by the California Bureau of Real Estate, broker license number 01147747, and California Finance Lenders license number 603K610. Also licensed in Arizona by the Arizona Department of Financial Institutions, MB number 096199. AM 590, The Answer. This is Assemblywoman Melissa Melendez urging you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday afternoon at 4 p.m. on AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to the Unite Inland Empire radio program. We take on issues that are national, world, and sometimes we get a a chance to talk about state and local uh, matters, which is uh, what we're doing today with our guest, Katie Grimes. She's an investigative journalist. She spends a lot of her time lurking in the halls of Sacramento. She most recently came out from the dark with a brand new book that was released on September 9th called California's War Against Donald Trump, Who Wins, Who Loses. She authored that with co-author James V. Lacey, who is also the author of what was it, Taxifornia? Yeah. Yes. So congratulations on that. You can follow her work on flashreport.org and also on the revamped website by Tom Del Beccaro called Political Vanguard. Katie, your book um, is, I mean, it's timely. Uh, It hasn't, I mean, it it was timely for the past couple of years. It's timely now. Uh, Tell tell us what it is that uh, that readers will get by exploring the pages of your new book. Well, um, Jim and I kind of take a look at what's going on in California right now, what's been going on in California that set us up for this time, and, um, you know, really analyze it. We have 745 footnotes in 126 pages. So I'm describing this, yes, as arming readers and Californians with the facts about what's really going on in California. Beautiful. We know California's coastal and political elites make laws and set rules for others, but exempt themselves. And uh, and they're thumbing their nose at the, you know, at President Trump doing lots of political grandstanding. And uh, who's being hurt by most of it? Well, I think we all know the answer to that. And, and, And to your point, 
there, I, I think that there isn't a better, you know, if, if the media and the entertainment industry didn't have a double standard, they'd have no standards at all. And we're seeing the latest example of that yeah. in Hollywood, which in your article, the power team and industry is crumbling. Your very first sentence, Hollywood is imploding before our eyes. There's nothing more hypocritical than an industry that, you know, decries the conservatives war on women and yet wages the real war on women, you know, behind closed doors and does it complicitly with the woman who seems to be one of the major enablers of that Hillary Clinton, whose husband wages a war on women. Now we find out her political uh, support, you know, what what would you call her Harvey Weinstein from a political perspective? He's like, I mean, he's their he's their money. He's their money. Yeah. Bag man. Bag man. There you go. He yeah, puts t- there you go. Right. I mean, he's waging a war on women and all of that is getting exposed right now. Yeah. No is. pun intended. You know, in- yeah. Oh, yikes. Um, but, you know, it's interesting, as, as I point out in the article. Yeah, this guy's a serial harasser, assaulter, groper and you know what else. Um, but he's not alone. This has been going on for a long time. Celebrities, professional athletes, politicians, wealthy, successful, famous people have gotten away with these kinds of serial abuses. And um, something, something's in the air in this country right now. And good things are happening because this kind of stuff is uh, being exposed. And, um, you know, I, I think Harvey Weinstein might be trying to uh, follow in Roman Polanski's shoes by escaping to Europe. But I don't think he's going to get away with it. Yeah, the latest on that, I think, is that that Europe thing may have been a bad rumor. He's headed, I think, now to Arizona, right? God. I don't know. Good luck. Did he get put on the no-fly list? Is that why he's got to drive to sex rehab? I'm not sure. Very good. I like it. Yeah. it's it's. uh, But, you know, what's going on with this Harvey Weinstein thing, frankly, is what's been going on in California for decades. True. California is the home to all of this. And uh, there's a lot of people in power who knew what was going on. I mean, I even talk about the uh, the young child actors who came out a few years ago saying that they were sexually abused by, you know, that there's this huge pedophilia problem in Hollywood. And there were jokes over the years. And yeah. the, 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 and to, for there to be a joke about it, there has to be an underlying understanding of the, the facts that, are, that, are, that, make it a, that make it a joke. Yes. And exactly. all the way back to there was when I found a clip of, I think it was Gwyneth Paltrow back in the late 90s making a reference as well. Harvey will make you do a thing or two. Oh, how creepy. Yeah. Very. Yeah. I want to cycle back to, the, uh, to Jerry Brown and the Democrats. And you've pointed uh-huh. out and others have pointed out in great detail the really dismal record. And the, the record of, of Democrat governance, the people that – they hurt the most are their most loyal voters. Yeah. And yeah, absolutely. Why have the Republican? I mean, the Democrats will keep doing it until they, as long as they can get away with it. But why has the Republican parties been so unable to exploit this ter- the Democrats' terrible record and find something, find something in there that they can go to these people and say, "Look how you're being screwed by the Democrat party." You know, it, it's such a good question. Um, I think the obvious answer is a complete lack of leadership. It's been a long time since the California Republican Party has had a strong leader, or frankly, strong leadership even within the legislative seats that they hold. Uh, there's a few 
who have spines and there's a few who are who are good and and good at their jobs but frankly the rest of them seem content with getting the second best tables in the uh capital restaurants mm. I've, I've, I've analogized, and you tell me if I'm right or wrong, that the, the California Republican Party, whether by design or default, is the Washington generals to the, Harlem, to the Democrats' Harlem Globetrotters. The Washington generals are the faux team that the Globetrotters yeah. play for the show. The, yeah, Demo- yeah, the Democrats need some kind of nominal opposition for the political show, and the Republican Party is it. Yeah, you know, you're, you're absolutely right. What's interesting is for years uh, since I would cover the Capitol, when there was a new freshman class of assembly members, I would pick off a few and do an interview with them their first month in office and then circle back again at the end of their first year to just kind of compare and contrast and see, you know, what they thought about it. And very, very interestingly, almost everyone to a T would ask me, well, what do you think we ought to do while we're here, knowing that they're a minority? And I would tell them, be a very loud, be a vocal minority party. Make the Democrats' life hell. Expose what they're doing. Call them out on their fraud. And it's a rare person who does. Well, look at what the left does and how they behave when they're the minority. They're the loudest voice in the room. They scream, they jump up and down, they create a mess. And, you know, I don't entirely agree with that, but I think that there are elements of those tactics that we need to definitely incorporate in our overall strategy in in terms of waking people up. The conversation Greg started, you know, that, that started in this segment was how come we have the Stockholm Syndrome voters that are captive to the Democratic Party who are ultimately the most abused by the Democratic Party's policies. Look at the way that, uh, you know, the people who can least afford the gas tax and the cap and trade are the ones who are going to be the most uh, impacted by these additional taxes. Why? Why don't they get it? What is the tipping point? I think, you know, we we look for this magical tipping point out there one day. Everybody says, you know, well, I hope somebody's doing something about it. And, you know, nobody's actually doing the grassroots. You know, you got groups all over California. You know who they are, Katie, that are trying. But you're right. Leadership. We're lacking that uh, that unifying strong leader that can pull all these disparate groups. And that's a difficult thing to do because. We're all so, uh, so, so wildly independent. I mean, that is a both a an asset of conservatives as well as a liability when trying to organize against the left. You're absolutely right. Um, you know, why do uh, the, the, the Stockholm syndrome voters continue to vote Democrat? Um, I say it's because liberals lie, and they'll tell them whatever they want to hear, and then go and pass the policies that benefit liberals. Mm -hmm. Um, It's very, very obvious to me that Democrats don't give a hoot about the poor or the working poor or, uh, you know, new immigrants to this state. They just want to use them for the vote. And um, it's the the policies I tell people, don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do um, because they are skilled liars and they've got the media covering for them. There is another factor, which I think plays a large role in the way California is the way it is today, and we're going to dive into that in our third segment with Katie after this word from Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation, the place to go for your real estate lending needs, residential and commercial. Back after this. 
Hey, Larry Elder here. Now, if you're a homeowner thinking about refinancing or you'd like to be a homeowner and aren't sure where to start, call my friend Ed Hoffman at Wholesale Capital Corporation. Rates are great right now, and from what Ed tells me, there are a lot of great opportunities out there in real estate. You need a lender you can count on, and I can vouch for Ed. He'll deal with you straight and advise you like you're part of the family. Just give Ed a call at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. I know Ed. He's a good guy. He'll talk to you like a friend and won't make you feel like you've just walked into a shark tank. Now is the time to buy or refinance. Give my friend Ed Hoffman a call at Wholesale Capital Corporation. Again, 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or visit him online, wccloans.com. 855-640-2020. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. We are so pleased to have on the line with us California reporter and columnist Katie Grimes, whose latest book is California's War Against Donald Trump, Who Wins and Who Loses, available I'm sure on Amazon and many other places. You can read her work on flashreport.org as well as other, as other websites. We're talking about why California is like it is politically. And the the one important factor we have yet not yet discussed is immigration. Yes. That that the the first amnesty in 1986 played a key role in flipping California from a reliably Republican state in, in presidential elections and purple in state elections into the solid Democrat, reliably Democrat that Hillary Clinton won by 20 or 30 points at least nominally, in the last election. And the, the immigrants, legal and illegal, and their children and grandchildren vote Democrat 70, 80 percent plus. And that is a lesson that the Republican Party in California and around the country had, does not, is incapable of learning. And, they, and, and the Republicans in Washington, many of them, they want to continue the mass immigration. They want to, they want amnesty, and they want to. Their, and those policies will make all of America like California is politically today. And now we're a sanctuary state, thanks to another blob of blue ink on a piece of paper from Jerry Brown. You mentioned something intriguing in the last segment that you do these interviews shortly after people take office, then a year down the road, and they're asking you, what should we do? What do you tell them? Well, I tell them that they need to be a very, very vocal minority party, not be afraid of being a minority party, make the lives of the capital Democrats hell, mm-hmm. and point out the fraud, the waste. The, uh, the the stinking deals that go down, the uh, you know the tails wagging the dog in the Capitol. The, the public employee labor unions are running things. The nurse unions are running things, um, and these politicians are all too happy to do their bidding. But it's a rare uh, assembly Republican that actually does make a stink. It's like they're 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 so busy trying to curry favor with the Democrats that they abdicate their own job. I mean, a, a fantastic example of this was the cap and trade this past summer is they had the opportunity. They could have held firm. They could have blocked this massive tax increase on energy and it would have been a unifying 
morale-boosting victory for the Republicans. And what happened is, and it's always just enough Republicans switch over to the Democrat side to to get that Democrat priority through the tax increase through, including our Uh local cap-and-traders, Chad Mays and Mark Steinnorth. Just unbelievable. And, you know, who knows what they were promised. I'm waiting to see that. But unfortunately, what so many of them do that, you know, they love they love holding office. They love holding court. They like the perks of the job. For some, it's you know, they might have kind of bypassed the private sector and gone right into government or, you know, this is the best job they've ever had. And they want to stay in government. And so they're making deals with the Democrats for perhaps appointments down the road or this or that border commission or, or you know, even just getting put on, on cushy uh, committee assignments where they get lots of staff and lots of recognition. Well, there's probably it's, plenty it's, of positions available in the third house once they get done with whatever elected yeah. position. You know, the third house has now come out against the effort to repeal the gas tax. And if that's a term that's new uh, to our listeners, the third house are all the special interest groups around California, both private sector and public sector, who wage, uh, you know, who, who wield incredible power and influence in Sacramento. Best way you can uh, help push back on that is to become a part of the uh, repeal effort for the gas taxes. Go to nocagastax.com and sign up. And Katie, thank you so much for your work and for giving us the resources through your work to see what's going on uh, in Sacramento through your article that just came out, The Power Attainment Industry is Crumbling, as well as your book, California's war against Donald Trump, who wins, who loses, available on Amazon and bookstores everywhere. Katie, appreciate you spending some time with us to help us uh, share this with our listeners. Thanks, Don. Thanks, Greg. Thank you. And we will be back after the break with uh, more about One Unfolded in this wonderful state of ours uh, and probably across the country back after this. Welcome back to the United Inland Empire radio program where we always talk about the most important political office in the country, in the entire republic, is that of private citizen. And one of the things we do is try to encourage uh, folks who feel passionate about the direction of our communities and our state to get involved. And the most important way people can get involved, of course, is to run for political office, run for those offices that directly impact the communities. The other thing we talk about a lot on the radio show is the fact that uh, my belief, personally, Greg, is that there is uh, you can source the DNA of every single challenge our culture and our political systems are dealing with can be sourced directly back to our education system. And that's where we need to get more people with sound minds, sound policy, sound ideas involved. Well, just last week we were taught we the example of that UCR student who uh, was melting down and was saying, I hate this effing country. Right. That that came from the uh, uh, young lady who stole the Make America Great hat off of a conservative uh, student's head and ran over to the student life office and tried to turn in the hat as a representation of genocide in America or the world or something. I don't know. But yeah, she was she she went through in nine minutes and Matthew Vitale was the student who 
uh, was videotaping her and triggered her just enough so that she'd go through every single liberal talking point that our system instills in the brains, in the uh, moldable clay of the brains of these kids uh, in order to get them to you know come out the way that they're coming out. Essentially, those right. kids are and believing that indoctrination in, does not yep. start just when they get to college. No, no, it's, it's amplified. Now, it's, now in the, it's now in the K twelve government schools. It is, it, which is opportune. Because we happen to have in studio with us, just uh, just by an amazing coincidence, we have a candidate for the school board in the San Bernardino Unified School District, Anthony Jones. And we're so pleased to have him with us. He is a father of two, a husband. He's our radiology assistant at Kaiser. And then he works as a Century 21 real estate agent. He's on the planning commission in, in San Bernardino. This guy is doing everything to be engaged in his community and as, as, and as a family, as a father and a husband that you could ask of anyone. And now he's taking on the additional challenge of running for school board and trying to try to turn that education that you talk about of not only the uh, how you the, the values but just giving students the basis to go out and get a good job. And as we introduce Anthony, we can't forget that he's got a very supportive household behind him. His wife Emily uh, gives him the opportunity to be able to do these things because, of course, without that unified you know front at the home. Uh, it makes it very difficult for one of the partners to step out and do this. So welcome to the show, Anthony. It's great to have you with us. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. So you've grown up in this community. Yes, I've been here all my life. And so you went through, you're running for school board. Uh, as I understand it, there are seven positions. Three are now up. This election occurs in November. Uh, November what, 8th? I believe it's November 8th this year, the first Tuesday of uh, November. Yeah, not 2018 now. This is a month, uh, less than a month away. Those uh, well, it's November seventh. Well, for 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 Anthony for Anthony supporters, the the election will be November seventh. For Abigail Medina supporters, it's going to be November eighth. <laughs> Definitely, <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, let's make sure that if you're voting for Abigail for for one of the opponents of Anthony, uh, you want to show up at the polls on November eighth. Definitely. So you are a product. You grew up in San Bernardino City. Yes, I've lived in San Bernardino all my life. I went through the entire K through 12 system. So I'm a product of San Bernardino, a product of, of their district. So I'm hoping to come in and, and implement some change. Awesome. So you seem to be fairly squared away, young man. You have, uh, uh, you know, you hold, you have a great job. Uh, you're building a family. You've stayed inside your community. Um, what's different for you that you end up in this place today from uh, the your friends and folks that you grew up with who um, are where? Well, a lot of my friends in, that I went to school with, they weren't fortunate enough to be in the, in the position that I am or have the resources available. But I, I strongly personally believe that a lot of that has to do with the failed K through 12 system that we've been pump through you know um the i feel that the only way we'll be able to change our community is if we transition the way that we change our we transition the way we transform uh implement change our students from coming from students to adults into the real world well right i get all that but but here you are you've got a job you're running for office um and you're in the same city that you grew up in but yet the system as we were talking before we went on the air uh 
you did you you succeeded but for a system that is failing other kids what's the difference between those kids that the system failed and you how come the system didn't fail you the system didn't fail me because i feel that i had a better outlook a better trajectory of of uh, how of where i wanted to go who gave that to you my i ra- my grandmother raised me my mother and my father i'm the son of a veteran my mother was in the military my father's a retired law enforcement officer for 30 years so mm-hmm. um i had a strong core foundation that was able to help detour me away from gotcha. the, this educational system versus if you look at a lot of my friends that i grew up with in the neighborhood a great deal of them are either in jail or not really doing too much right now on the outside right now and or, or dead, you know, from from violence from this that same community. So. So that's an important distinction I wanted to make before we go on and talk about what it is that you uh, want to d- accomplish if you're uh, I should say when you're elected um, it was because you had a very strong uh, core family influence from your parents and from your grandmother, uh, which was able to overcome whatever the system was not giving you in school, whatever influence they had that uh, might have undermined those family values per se. We'll talk about that or whatever was not there. Having a strong family at home overcame what the your your peer group was unable to overcome. Exactly. All right. Exactly. Cool. Well, congratulations for for that. Um, I'll take a break here, and then okay. we'll come back, and you can tell us more about why you're running and what you want to accomplish when you are elected. After this word from All Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident, because they are truly the kings of rock and roll. Back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. This is Senator Mike Morrell asking you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday at 4 o'clock on AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. And certainly almost closely behind private citizen are going to be those offices responsible for bringing up and educating the next generation of Americans, and we are pleased to have in studio with us Anthony Jones, who has stepped up to that challenge, and he's running for school board in San Bernardino to try to turn, so more students have come from challenging backgrounds, can achieve the same success that Anthony has achieved. Was there any, Anthony, was there anything in, and before we go to that, let's talk about where they can connect with you. You're on the web at voteanthonyjones.com. And you're on Facebook at Anthony Jones for San Bernardino Unified School District Board. Yeah, it's actually, it says uh, Jones, uh, if you're going to put this into the URL, it's facebook.com forward slash Jones for SBCUSD. Or if you want to search for it, it's Anthony Jones for San Bernardino City Unified School Board. Was there something that 
triggered this? That that uh, you talk about being triggered. Was there was there an event or events that said, okay, notwithstanding all the, my other responsibilities, I need to take on this additional responsibility of serving on the school board? Well, the tipping point really was back a few months ago when I was registering my youngest son in school. Uh, my oldest son. He was uh, in kindergarten going to the first, and my youngest was going to be going from preschool into kindergarten. And um, it was going to be the first time they were going to be going to school together for the first time, and they ran out of space for my youngest boy to go to school. He was really excited to go with his older brother. His older brother was looking forward to showing him around and all of that. And that really kind of just rubbed me the wrong way, along with a lot of the other issues that was going on with me. So that sort of was like the last straw, like, okay, well, something needs to be done about this. So that's what prompted me to go ahead and and decide to run, which was a few months back. Now, your opponents, the incumbents that are running the uh, wonderful government-run schools in San Bernardino, uh, brag about increasing their graduation rate. Right. What's the story behind that? The story behind that is is simple. Um, their their entire campaign platform is about this wonderful accomplishment that that they've uh, they've brought to the city of San Bernardino. But what they failed to admit, uh, to mention is that they've drastically reduced the requirements and the actual rubric metrics that were required in order to get a diploma. So they've basically watered down the requirements so that if there were 70 percent of the students graduating before now under these new watered down rules, we have 85 percent. So when that translates from off of paper, they're touting that we've raised graduation rates to all times highs. We're providing opportunities for students when in all actuality, what they're doing is providing a disservice to our students. They're just pushing them, pushing them out the conveyor belt into the real world, not preparing them with the skills. The graduation rates are not on track with the same amount of students that should be going to college. The district isn't offering enough programs and and vocational and ROP training so that they can get certified licenses and and be able to walk into high wage and high skilled jobs. What does ROP stand for? ROP is uh, their program that they have that offers the training for the uh, CNA. Uh, auto shop, any type of uh, occupational training that needs to be that applies to college. So the O in ROP stands for occupation. occupation. Okay, exactly. And, there's, there, and for a lot of for a lot of kids, you know, young people, getting a job like uh, repairing cars and other equipment or right. operating those kinds of equipment can be a far better opportunity option for them than necessarily going to college and studying feminist dance therapy. Exactly. Exactly. And and we're in the age where new technology is available and it, it doesn't really cost that much to deploy the actual learning and training that's, that's necessarily needed in order to implement these skills. Um, so when you have more money than ever going to the San Bernardino Unified School District compared to the recession amounts that we were getting, and yet we're not putting those dollars back into the classroom, investing into our students, and they're all going to the teachers' union, that I feel that that there's a problem. We're not investing in our students. We're not investing in in making sure that once they graduate, they can become a productive member of our society upon graduation. What what does it cost per student, roughly, to put somebody into a classroom for a year? Do you you know the number offhand, what what the annual cost is uh, for... Uh, a student in San Bernardino Unified? 
not in small scope. San Bernardino Unified School District, they get roughly about $380 million a year from the state of California and the federal government combined um, for their um, for their uh, funding. Uh, they recently just implemented a, a new funding program called the Local Control Funding Formula, and it allows uh, school districts and schools to come up with a, f- a funding plan for the next four years, what they plan to accomplish, how they plan to accomplish it, and then how much dollars need to be allocated toward those uh, certain endeavors that they want to complete. $380 million sounds like a boatload of money. And I, it, based on based on that alone... It doesn't seem like you should be lowering standards. If anything, you should be stiffening them because the real world doesn't care whether or not you got pushed through a system and you didn't get the proper education and you don't know how to read to high school standards. The real world is going to chew you up and spit you out if you can't perform at those levels. That's 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 very sad. Very but in addition to this, you know, knowledge level, you know, do you understand anything about history and math? And you mentioned that they got rid of the high school graduation exam, which only tested at English and math at sixth and seventh grade levels to right. begin with. Yeah, middle but, school. But they couldn't even reach that, so they got rid of that to help bump their graduation wow. rate. But is there something more? That is, is there a sense that... Never mind this knowledge, but is there a, a work ethic? Is there a standard of, you know, if you're given a job, you do the job right. You can be a dependable employee. And is is that, are the students coming out with that? I think I know what the answer is. They're not. This, the, our students are not being prepared for the real world under any circumstance at this point right now. They're just passing them completely through. I've seen it. If I didn't come from a, a, a straight and narrow background where my family was sort of helping me keep in that correct trajectory moving along, I would have been right along with a lot of my peers that I, that I went to school with. And so for myself to personally go through it and see it around me and then see it still continue with the incumbents that have been in office for over two decades and to see them still trying to push the same political propaganda and and it it just isn't working for us. It's it's not going to turn our community around unless we really focus and prepare our students for the real world once they graduate. Amen. Now, in my view, you don't have to necessarily agree with it, is that the teacher unions are a great detriment to education, to actually educating children. And they're not backing you. They're backing your opponents in this election is that right correct yes they are i think i think nowadays especially in california parents and listeners and folks out there you can pretty much take it to the bank that if a union is adamantly supporting a particular person for school board you need to do a double take on that person and really investigate why that person is getting the backing of the union because I think we can now safely say with the two cases that have gone to the Supreme Court, one, Rebecca Friedrichs versus the California Teachers Association, and the other one, I forget the name, but it's a parallel case that's going on to a... Same issue, and the the U.S. Supreme Court has accepted the case for review during this term. Yeah, and so we're looking forward to that, but... The reality is when you have a union that has as much political power as the teachers unions do, when you see a union align themselves with a particular candidate for school board, that should be a warning flag. It doesn't mean that person's bad, but that I think that means 
watch out for that person. And when you have somebody like Anthony that comes along, that comes from a background of strong family values, that succeeded through a system that was failing 85% of his classmates, um, that person brings something special to the table. And I think that Anthony deserves a very close look. And you can meet him actually coming up here in the community. He's got an event, a campaign event. Anthony could uh, would really enjoy your support. Uh, that event's coming up on Tuesday, October 17th, 5.30 to 7 p.m. at the Mexico Cafe on Highland Avenue, 892 Highland Avenue, California. Um, come grab a stool and sit down and chat with Anthony and then learn more about him at his Facebook page, Anthony Jones for School Board. You can find that on facebook.com forward slash Jones for SBCUSD. We're going to spend a little more time with Anthony here wrapping up on why this young man has decided that school board is in his future after a break from our sponsor for this half hour. All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of rock and roll. Back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to the United Inland Empire radio program, the radio show for the most important political office in the country, that of private citizen. And every once in a while, some of those private citizens get the bug to go out and fix things. And we are sitting in studio right now with one such young man who wants to go out and fix things in the San Bernardino Unified School District here locally where the radio station is based. Anthony Jones is running for the school board, though the election is this November 7th for people that want to vote for Anthony. And if you want to vote for anybody else, the election is November 8th. Anthony, what are your priorities for the school board? What's your platform? What do you want to accomplish when you become uh, once you get elected? Well, there's three things I want to accomplish once I'm elected to the school board. And that's basically ensuring that all of our students, as soon as they graduate, they either have a path to a good paying job or they're on their way prepared to go to college. Uh, secondly, I want to enhance our professional development that we offer for our students. And I also want to improve our school climate and conditions. Um, I graduated from middle college high school. Um, so I was able to get my AA and my diploma at the same time. I want to be able to expand on some of those opportunities for everyone in the district. I want to bring back the same vocational training and occupational training so that we can enhance those partnerships and, and make a way for our students to have a livable wage and, and contribute to the community upon graduating. I also want to implement um, competency-based education and, and move away from the A through F uh, standard grading schedule that we have now, whereas if you have a C, you're advanced to the next level, the next grade. With competency-based tailored learning, each student can progress on their own and they won't have to worry about a lesson plan that a teacher is given to where they have to keep moving at a certain rate in order to, to stay on track by the end of the year. With moving to a competency-based tailored learning system, each student will be able to achieve proficiency, which is 85% or higher, which is mastery, which is important when you're dealing with science and mathematics and STEM and STEAM technologies. 
And then lastly, improving our school climate and conditions, making sure that our students and staff have a safe learning environment that that will be able to promote student learning outcomes. So that's definitely the three things that I want to change and the policy that I plan to implement. Let me ask you about that last item. Many school districts around the country, often under the pressure of the Obama administration, have moved towards what they call a restorative justice model of student discipline. So instead of you hit somebody, you threaten somebody, you did whatever whatever the offense is, and you're suspended, you're after school, whatever the appropriate punishment is, it's now let's kind of let's just talk about it, and there really are no consequences. Is that is that going on in San Bernardino? It definitely is. If I were to go out right now and rob a bank and I got arrested, I'm sure the San Bernardino Police Department wouldn't say, hey, Anthony, let's just talk about it. Mm -hmm. How did you feel about robbing that bank? How did you feel when you were going in there and and you were putting a gun to the teller's head and they were filling your your bag up with cash? Did, Did that make you feel okay? Like... And and that's sort of what the the school district is trying to do towards the the problems that it's facing within the school district, which I believe is counterproductive and it doesn't offer recourse to the victims that have been afflicted during the process. So it's basically perpetuating the same problems over and over. If we want to have the conversation of restorative justice, it needs to be more tailored and focused on actually fixing the problem. But the current system that they have implemented now on every level is not really promoting what I feel would prepare students for the real world and real life situations. Well, anytime you got to add an adjective in front of the word justice, something is going right. wrong. <laughs> exactly. Justice is justice. You know, Plain it's not simple. social justice. It's not restorative justice. Right. When you have to add an adjective in front of these words that uh, I think are so important. Yeah, we've got a problem. We only have a little bit of time left here. You mentioned earlier, you're talking about they the, the are enshrining ideas and concepts in the students that don't prepare them for reality. What did you mean by that? It means by they're basically giving them unrealistic expectations and unreal, unrealistic resources that are preparing them for life. Um, they're creating, they're enshrining them with the, the concept or the idea that that government and big government is the one that will have solutions for you and that they will be the ones that will empower you in in a sense. Um, If you look at the way that the regulations are being reduced and the requirements are being watered down, you can see how they're just pumping us through a system that is not effective and, and it's not working. So when you have when you combine those two together, it's it's a nasty combination and it's it's being dropped into our community every June when graduation is coming right around the corner. And I feel that if it's not addressed, if we don't stop the poisoning of of these negative ideologies that are not benefiting beneficial to our community, it's going to continue us down that same path. Could you agree with you more? If you like what you hear, you can uh, connect with Anthony on his website, voteanthonyjones.com or on Facebook, Anthony Jones for San Bernardino City Unified School Board. And he has a, uh, you can actually meet him in person on October 17th at the Mexico Cafe on Highland Avenue, 5.30 to 7 p.m. And we just need more people like you stepping up to the plate and on the school board to uh, better prepare and educate our children for uh, for the future of the country. Well, good luck, Thank Anthony, you, Anthony, in your uh, you. election. We'll keep tabs and let folks know how you do. Appreciate you being with us. Thank you. Glad to be here. Tune in every Saturday at 4 o'clock for the Unite IE radio program and get out to Anthony Jones Fundraiser on October 17th. We'll see you next week. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.